fine. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the show where the intro runs too loud and I'm even louder. I'm your host, John. With me, as always, my co-host, Ronaldo Pinkerton Wombatson. How's it going? Wait, the intro runs too loud? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a minute since I've heard it, but in the past, yeah. Oh, maybe I should adjust that. Oh, no. <laughs> Have I been putting out bad quality product for three years? I mean, yes. <laughs> Definitively, yes. Damn. I can I can answer that one. Oh. I try. <laughs> uh. Anyway, hi, I'm Wombat. The, the very bad co-host and audio producer for this show. That's me. Yeah. I'm the producer producer, and he's the audio producer. I think I'm also a producer producer. I have, <laughs> I have multiple jobs going on with this thing. <laughs> so, uh, Wombat, what's your glowing weak point? Uh, my glowing weak point. I've been reading Infinite Dendrogram. There was a... Oh, so is my wife. Oh, really? She's gotten into it? <laughs> uh, she's she's reading the first book. Um, uh, it's it's a story. Okay. <laughs> Wait, let me get it through can, my glowing weak point and we can, we can yeah. talk about it. Um, but I'm on book 17, so I'm a little further in than she is. And uh, Correct. I'm, I'm very happy to announce that book 17 is about Ray again. Oh my god, it's oh. it's about Ray Starling again. Um, the last two books were not. Uh, fucking book 15 ran uh, through, like, multiple characters' perspectives. There was no, like, real central character. It was just, like, telling the events of somewhere else while Ray is doing something, and then stuff was happening over here. So it's, like, five or six different characters we're seeing through that. Um, gotcha. And then book 16 was basically a Hugo book, which was interesting, but I'm going to say this. I love so many of the supporting characters in Infinite Dendrogram. <laughs> I think they're very well fleshed out. I think they're, they have intricate, interesting storylines going on. Not a single one of them can carry a book the way Ray Starling does. Interesting. Yeah. Like, Ray Starling... Because compared to all of his uh, accompanying characters, Ray Starling kind of sucks. Oh, yeah, he's he's kind of like your everyman, right? But, like, I'm beginning to understand why so many books use an everyman. It's because the more complex characters are more difficult to relate to. Um, like, oh, like they're not every man. Like, looking at Hugo, right? Um, Hugo is a very interesting character. She's torn between her loyalties to her sister, Francesca, who plays Professor Franklin, um, and her... <gasps> Spoilers! We've already covered that one. Um, <laughs> and her desire to be, like, play Hugo as this, uh, uh, like, knight on sh- in shining armor type of person, right? Like, this very uh, idealistic, uh, pure-hearted portrayal of just a perfect person. Um, and that's very interesting. Very alliterative there. But 
she's completely separated from Franklin at this point. Uh, like she, uh, Hugo was kicked out of the clan, um, and now lives in Caldina, where he, he travels with uh, the ace Erica. And is basically like like under her tutelage, right? While learning to be a better uh, Majin Gear pilot and shit. Uh, it's all cool shit. And I thought the, the there was a short story a while ago that featured the two of them. And that was a perfect short story. And then this book focuses almost entirely on the two of them. And... I, I just I don't care. <laughs> I, I just yeah. I don't care enough, right? Like it's super cool, uh-huh. and I love to see them bounce off of other characters, but they're both kind of like side characters, right? Neither of them is really designed to be a main character. Yeah, and so reading a book with the two of them as the main characters is rough, but. Book 17 goes back to Ray Starling, so we're happy. We're, we're so Yay! excited. And it's like a battle royale event that he, he got swept up into, and he's fighting another superior, and it's it's cool. I like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So tell me tell me about uh, Kristen's foray into Infinite Dendrogram. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, the, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna hate this. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, uh, stationary store that we, uh, <laughs> uh, frequent, it's an online stationary store. Okay. Um, uh, we, we get their, their newsletters and it's like every, every week or every other week they send out a newsletter and it's like one of them uh, is like here's this new giveaway thing if you uh, give us your email and you tell us um, something from one of our recent videos then you get entered into this giveaway for some free shit and the other one uh, like every other one of them is um, if you spend this amount in the store you get this thing free Okay. And so it was it was one of those times you get something free, which you know, I always like. Um and it was it was for a, a, a high dollar amount, but there was already like there was a backpack that I really wanted cuz I don't have a backpack, so if I want to take something somewhere, I have to put it in like a reusable bag or something and I don't love that. Um so I was, was looking at this backpack. It looks like it'll fit everything I need it to. And, uh, but I didn't want to like drop the money on it just out of the blue. It, I, I don't, I don't need it right away. So I just kind of wishlisted it. Right. And then this thing happened and it was like, all right, cool. I, it, it is the basically exact amount that I have to pay for that backpack. So I'll do that. And then I'll give this other thing to Kristen. And it's a standing pin case with a picture of an animal on top. Um, I'll just shoot you a picture of, of the one she yeah. got. Okay. Um, she, she's getting a, a mouse one. It's like you unzip the head from it and you pop it down and it pops all the pins up. And, this is cool. Uh, 
Yeah, it is. Oh shit, there's it's, a penguin it's really one. Cool. Uh-huh. Um but we were trying to figure out which one to get and uh I kept pushing her to get the bear. The the panda? No, the bear. Uh it's it's the brown one fourth from the left. Um I only see 3. If you look down at the colors. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so you kept pushing for start, this one. I was, I was, I was pushing it for that one. I mean, I like it. It's, it's, it's a funny looking bear. I like the frog next uh, to it. I, the frog was the other one I was pushing for. <laughs> the, the three, the three I was pushing were the mouse, the frog, and the the bear. Okay. And she eventually decided on mouse. But I, I kept bringing up bear and then saying bear puns. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and she liked that. So I was like, oh, you like bear puns? Then you should read Infinite Dendrogram because one of the characters dresses up as a bear and everything that they say is a bear pun. Every word out of their mouth yes. is a pun. Unless he takes off the bear costume, which is rare. Yeah, it... Yeah, in which case he puts something else on, and <laughs> well, then he puts on a bear uh, pelt. <laughs> yes, but yeah, so that was enough, and and she grabbed the book from the shelf and started reading it. So yeah, okay. I hope she likes it. Uh, so far, she does. Uh, she did came to the same conclusion as as us. She's like. Uh, one fifth of the way through the book, and she's like, "Is Ray ever gonna realize that uh, his brother is the king of destruction?" Right. <laughs> it's like, yes, eventually he does. <laughs> He's not there yet, but yes, <laughs> it does. Uh, it, it, it does make it pretty obvious pretty quickly, and. Ray does not catch to, on for to a couple more books. Him. <laughs> yeah. Though to be fair, his uh, brother is not a big part of those books, so no. I, I'll give him that leeway. Like his brother wasn't around to figure it out. Yeah. Okay. But you still haven't uh, done a glowing weak point. Uh my glowing weak point was ordering the stationary and getting that. Okay. <laughs> we solved that one quick. Yeah. <laughs> let's get All into right. it. All right, and now let's let's talk about the games we played. You've got more. I so, do. let's get through RuneScape quickly. Okay, RuneScape. I was super burnt out on it from all the fishing I was doing. I took a break. I played other games. Then they updated one of the mini games in the game, and it's called Tithe Farm. Tithe Farm is a farming mini game wherein you plant a bunch of crops and, like, you have to keep watering them until they grow, and then you get points, and those points give you, uh, they, they allow you to buy certain items in the game, so you can buy the complete farmer's outfit. You can buy a seed box. You can buy an herb bag, which I, or an herb sack, I mean, which I already had from something else, so I didn't get that one. You can buy the ability to auto-weed, which means that when you rake your plots in RuneScape, 
the the weeds will not grow back, so you don't have to waste time doing that in the future. And nice. you can buy oh, what was the other thing? Oh, Grycoler's can, which is a watering can that instead of holding eight like doses of water, basically holds a thousand. Yeah. Ooh. So they updated this mini game to make it a little bit easier to get points and to give you points more consistently. Because before you had to like fill up this bag with fruit, and and when the bag hit a hundred, then you got your points. Right, and now it's just like yeah. every three gives you every three fruit gives you a point, and then when you fill up the bag, you get an extra two points. So okay, it just makes it a little a little easier to come and go as you please. It makes it a little quicker to get the points. It's mm-hmm. great. So I came Sounds back good. hard to RuneScape to do that mini game, and I completely green logged. Every item from the mini game in like three days. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, RuneScape was great. I, I also not... went from like a what level I'm 90 farming to 92. Which, okay. Which puts me at the halfway point to 99 because RuneScape is an insane fucking game. <laughs> um, yeah. And now I'm working on uh, just doing some Slayer, just uh, trying to get my Slayer level up. I've got I'm sitting on a task right now, Slayer task for Blue Dragons, and I can do all of my Blue Dragon task at the boss Vorkath, which is one of uh, it's a pretty uh. good money maker. So hoping I walk out of there with some money. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about another one of mine, or you want to go do one of yours? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 let's do another one of yours. All right, you so pick. You, you did have quite a few more. Ooh. Citizen Sleeper, because I don't know that one. Okay, Citizen Sleeper is this, like, uh, it's, a, it's an RPG. Um, not in, like, the JRPG sense, but in the sense that it's entirely dialogue driven. It's all your choices matter and shit, right? Yeah. So you play as a sleeper and that, so a sleeper. Okay. Let me get my thoughts organized here. Okay. Citizen sleeper takes place in kind of like an outer worlds kind of, uh, situation. Let like, uh, super futuristic, uh, capitalistic dystopia, right? Spacefaring bullshit. Okay. Um, corporations have taken over space. A sleeper is a person who has chosen to give themselves over to a corporation, like indentured servitude, right? Um, yeah. But instead of putting their own body up, they choose to put an emulated version of their minds into a synthetic body and that synthetic body does the work for them meanwhile they're like in cryogenic sleep in a pod or something right so okay so they're still doing the work technically because this emulated version of their mind is doing it but the actual person is elsewhere uh yeah so this creates kind of an ethical question right uh of like, is this person alive? Or are they a real person? The, this emulated sleeper mind. Uh-huh. 
uh, like what are they right and in the yeah. corporation's mind they're their property okay right and and they created yeah. the sleeper program in the first place to get around the ethical issues of creating sentient ai androids <laughs> okay yeah yeah so uh, <laughs> inadvertently creating a whole new fucking ethical dilemma <laughs> as corporations do that, uh, that frequently happens yes yes so you're playing a specific sleeper who got sick of being a slave to the corporation and along with nine others attempted an escape and as far as you know you are the only one who made it out and where you land is a place called Erlen's Eye Erlen's Eye is a kind of like like space station. It's it, it's one of those where there's like a center area and then a ring all around the side and the ring spins. Yeah. 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 Um, I like how you knew exactly what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the entire game takes place on Erlen's Eye. Uh, and, okay. and you're given a number of dice based on your uh, condition. So the sleeper's body is designed to degrade uh, without a certain um, like, like anti-rejection medicine that the corporations give it, right? Yeah. Uh, they call it planned obsolescence, which isn't really what that term means, but fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, but it, but it's 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 super futuristic sci-fi bullshit. Whatever, maybe planned obsolescence will mean something different in the future. It doesn't now. It, it means won't. something entirely different. But <laughs> um, as your as your condition degrades without that drug, um, you lose access to your dice. So you have every day di- you have dice rolls at the beginning of the day, and the max you can have is five and. The lowest you can have, I think, is... It, oh, it's one, and then you you die, right? Like, like if your condition yeah. gets low enough, you would just die. Um, but you use those dice to do certain tasks across the day, and you can use them to, like, uh, make yourself money, or you can go help out one of the people you've met on the ship, and and so on. And okay. I mean that's the game basically. From there, it's all it's all the story, you know. Okay. Uh, and like as the story progresses, uh, the corporation sends like bounty hunters after you, and the the point where I've reached obviously is just after like the lat. I I managed to uh, make friends with another person enough where they disabled the tracker inside of my body and also made it look like I'm dead to the corporation. So I no longer have to worry about a bounty hunter coming after me. Uh, Yeah. Which to me felt like it should be the end of the game. Kind of, yeah. But it's not. I I guess you want your own body back? No, because that's not possible, right? Because you're an emulated mind. The the yeah. the mind that you're emulated from never actually left your body. You don't have a yeah. real body. 
So yeah, it's kind of just like making my own life here now. You know, like I've managed to avoid detection by the company, and so now uh, I I figure out what I want to do. I can. I can, like, help people on the eye, and they can help set me up going forward to live a better life here than I would have at the corporation. Or I can, like, work with other people and try to get off of the eye and become a, a spacefarer type person. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my options. Which. Okay. Uh, I, I did try to become a spacefarer type person with a mercenary, but that that one ended poorly. <laughs> that one ended with me and my character having less of a good opinion about that particular mercenary, so we huh. did not get on their ship. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I did like her. She was cool. She's a very interesting character. But then she did a thing that I'm not sure you can come back from. Okay. Let's talk about cool. one of your games. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I, I've been playing Idle Scaling a lot uh-huh. currently. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I did that thing again where I reset. Oh god! Everything. Um, and then I did that five more times that day. What? You can do uh, that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm at the point now where I can quickly get to the reset point. <laughs> um, by just like power leveling through things. Um, but I was trying to. There, there's a, a part of the game where you can go to the dairy aisle and pick up an ice cream and then you have to pre- rebirth and uh, fight your way back to getting to the dairy aisle. But each time that you uh, rebirth and, and have a the next level of ice cream, it significantly decreases your damage in-game and you have to fight your way back. Uh, so, like, the first time you get it, it's just, like, the square root of your damage. And at the end of it, it's, like, the ninth root of your damage squared. So it's, like, you you do very little damage at that point. But you've <laughs> leveled up everything to that point where it it doesn't matter as much. Like, he, you're, you're, it's, it's the ninth root of your damage squared, but also you're doing 800,000 times more damage than you were when you started doing this thing. So, you're doing about the same amount of damage. I'm sorry, my mind doesn't do so, math, so I, uh, you say the ninth root of your damage squared, and my mind just fucking melts. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It makes sense mathematically why they did that that way, but it is a very confusing number for them to kind of just pull out of their ass. Right. Um, it sounds like a number pulled out of their ass, but it's not. Uh, so there are seven ice creams to bring back, and I had done two. And then in that day, I did the other five. <laughs> um, and now on my current run through, I have crafted the maximum amount of every craftable item and 
I've I've got uh like gigantic numbers worth of of fish and oars and um I'm I'm off spelunking and doing tons of stuff there. But my my main focus has been since doing all the ice cream shit, uh, working on my my pets, trying to breed up the best uh, fighting set of pets and um, send them on on uh, journeys to get further and further, so I can boost all my uh, all my other abilities. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, having a lot of fun. I know that made absolutely no sense to anyone that hasn't played the game because right. this game <laughs> is all over the fucking place. <laughs> but uh it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Okay. That's good. As long as you're enjoying it, like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, tell me about which was the one that I picked for you to, uh... Symphony of War. Okay, then let's do Symphony of War. Okay, Symphony of War, the Nephilim Saga is the name of it, because Symphony of War is supposed to be kind of like Fire Emblem, right? Like, that's supposed yeah, to be the series yeah. name, and the Nephilim Saga is the first in the series. I am torn right now. Because... I'm about halfway through the game, maybe a little more than halfway through the game, and I want to restart. <laughs> and there's a couple of reasons for that. The first is that I really thought that it was... I come at all of these games treating, like, the first ten chapters as, like, the prologue, right? Because yeah. I have the bad uh, idea from that of... Like a Fire Emblem, the the first Game Boy one in America, right? I don't remember what the yeah. subtitle for that one is because it's just Fire Emblem. Fire but, Emblem. Um, but you have Lindus's campaign in that, right? And it's like eleven chapters yeah. long, and the entirety of it is like a tutorial prologue. Yes. Right. So I come at all of these fucking strategy games with the idea that the first ten or so chapters are a prologue. And that is not yeah. true. The prologue ended after, nope. like, three chapters in this game. <laughs> <laughs> ah. And I don't, I don't know how to say this other than I was a fucking idiot. And I didn't really attempt to learn a lot of the game's systems until around that point. And so now I feel like I've I've kind of shot myself in the foot going forward. Now, the game is definitely still doable. Like, I'm still continuing on, right? But yeah. what I'm realizing is that there actually are not that many um, story-specific units. Um, you get a whole bunch of your story-specific units, like the actual characters of the game, right up front. Yeah. Like they just they just pour them onto you all like right then the first like six chapters of the game, and from then on, what you're actually supposed to be doing is when you hire uh, hire new uh, recruits and mercenaries from the marketplace, 
you build new squads of just randos out of those. Right? Ah. That's a big thing that I'm supposed to have been doing for quite a while. And I didn't realize that until probably chapter 14. And I'll tell you right now that chapter 14 is the first of several chapters where, uh, big twist, your main character has died. And you go through a series of, of maps with uh, your supporting units and you do not get access to the marketplace or the ability to build new squads or anything for a while. Gotcha. So you've <laughs> kind of fucked yourself without realizing it. Yes. Now, I have gotten to the point where, spoilers even more, the main character comes back to life. And so I could okay. probably start doing that now, but it also feels like it's too late. Like, I've put yeah. off doing it too long for them to be any use. Uh-huh. So, I'm, I'm, I'm very... I don't know what to do. I love this game to death, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is so cool. So even beyond this, like, squad formation thing, which I think I've talked about in the past, like, you have, like, nine yeah. characters you can have, whatever. Mm-hmm. Something I was not paying attention to at all, and I was so stupid not to, is the characters all have elemental affinities. Now, these affinities, <laughs> I didn't know this, they affect your stat growth. So, oh, characters gross. characters with a um, water affinity, right? They have yeah. lower strength stat growth and higher magic stat growth. Gotcha. So you have to ideally focus them into more magical things rather than turning right. them into your Myrmidon. Yeah. So, and, and that that's cool, too, because you can revert um, characters so far back in, in class that you just, like, throw, throw them into an entirely different bracket. Um, so, like, yeah. you could have, like, a Spearman and revert him all the way back to the base class, and then one of the alternates for the base class is the Sorcerer, and he's got, like, a water affinity, so it'd be better to make him a Sorcerer. Except for the fact that sorcerers suck, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, sorcerers don't suck. I've, I've been mean to sorcerers. I've, I've been a little rude to sorcerers. They're, they're okay. They're fine. They do good damage in big groups. They're, uh, the dragon does the same thing, and it's better, but the, the sorcerer has a place. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh, but, but yeah, like, like that's a thing you can do. And you don't lose any resources doing that either because the game doesn't consume the upgrade resources so much as it just, like, places a hold on them. This character is using that, right? And then you gotcha. revert them and you get those resources back. So you could use okay. them to upgrade them into a different class or upgrade somebody else into something instead. So Okay. You could, you could go... 
wow, this was actually a garbage character and I should have made someone else better. Yeah. So that's that's all really interesting. And you do get books also, like by fighting enemies or as rewards from maps. Um, And these books, there are two kinds of books. There are the ones that give you traits, which I'm not even going to go into traits. There's like a hundred different traits, all of which do something different. And I'm not sure any of them are fucking useful. Um, But but then the other ones are... um, the uh, the affinity books, right? So you could you could have a bad a, a spearman that maybe you've trained up really high, but you just realized he's the water affinity, right? And so yeah. you can use the book of fire on him, and that will raise his strength by a lot, right? Yeah. Now the cool thing about that is even if you've maxed out this character's level, the affinity will still change the stats. It is a a uh, What's the what's the word for it? Retroactive. Retroactive. It is a retroactive change. So all of the levels gained okay. since they joined, it will recognize and uh, change the stats accordingly. Okay. Yeah. So so you can't ever like, like with an existing unit, you can't ever completely fuck them up. With with yeah. this this kind of thing, like you can't put it off too long or something. Now, what what you could fuck up doing is using a proof of merit on a unit that is actually bad, which I've done a couple of times <laughs> because I did not realize their affinities were bad. <laughs> Whoops. And now they are, the proof of merit makes it so that they, they gain a gold version of the class. It's like a tier four class, basically. Yeah. But also, you cannot change their class ever again. Ah. Yeah. So be careful what you use your proofs of merit on. Okay. Yeah. So are you going to reset or not? I'm still torn because there is the idea that like I could just finish the game and then go into my next playthrough with the full knowledge of what I'm going to be getting into. Right. But also, am I going to be too shot in the foot to finish the game? Mm -hmm. And are you going to be too tired of the game to want to play it again? Right. I'll probably end up resetting. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Was there was there well, anything else that I wanted to talk about there? I don't know. No. I can't see your, your mind. No. So that was your backlogery game that I had told you to play in the past and, yes. and we're replaying it. Mine was the Dark Side Detective. How would that how did that go? The, uh, the adventure esque uh point and click puzzle game. Um, the, <laughs> it's, it's still a fun game. Um, okay. uh-oh. There's, there's, a <laughs> no, no there, there, I don't, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. Um, the jokes are funny throughout the little things you can click on and, and instantly get information on that. It, it's just, just funny. Like, um, uh. 
it's actually not in this game, it's in the sequel, which I also played some of, uh, but you're, you're over in, in Ireland, and there's a, a grassy knoll where there's a, um... Not a grassy knoll. An ice, Watch out, JFK! Yeah, and ice, an ice pit underneath, and yeah, exactly, they, they say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's very well written. I enjoy it. Um... The game was relatively easy. There's there's six main cases that you do. Uh, and then then once you beat that, it opens three more for you to do. Um, and what does it call them? Side quests or, or like I I don't know. It's it's like these are or bonuses. They're they're like bonus stages you can do. The wild part is that the bonus stage the the last bonus stage sets up the next game. What? Because like you you do your six cases and and then like the sixth one you there's like some necromancers from the dark side come over and start raising people because they're trying to bring back a mafia dawn and and you you go around the city finding clues to to the problem and then you come back and and stop them at the graveyard and everything's happy and then there's three bonus games and the first one's like you're you're stopping Krampus from ruining Christmas what and then you know about Krampus? No, I do know about Krampus. I guess I just didn't realize what kind of game this was. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of game did you think it was? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I kind of thought it was something in the vein... Like, like Professor Layton or something. Okay. I'm guessing it's um, not. No. No, not really. I'm only just now, like, like now that this has come up, I'm only just now looking at images of what this game even looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, then the, the next one is uh, Poltergeist, where you, uh, it, that one was incredibly short. Um... Oh, the the previous one was By Hard, where you're you're saving Christmas in a mall, uh, of course, from Krampus, and uh, By Hard was fucking ridiculous. It's <laughs> so, like there are six normal cases, and there are some things that were hard to find. Some things are like it's a real stretch of the imagination to get it to work. But you're like, I see how I was supposed to get that. Um, and, uh, and then you get to the first bonus and it's by hard and you're like, I had to look up a guide because I, I couldn't figure out what the fuck I was supposed to do. You got stuck. Yeah. And, and it's, it's part of it's because the game only allows you to do certain things once your character realizes that they need to do the thing. It's like you get, um... You get 
a powder that you can put into liquid to turn it into an incredibly sticky cotton candy. And there's a big um, fountain in the middle of the the mall. So you can go up to it and click, you know, drag the, the cotton candy mix onto it and nothing happens. Because why would you do that? But then you go up to the second floor and you look over and there's this boy who's been turned into a uh, Krampus gremlin. Uh, and uh, he's at the top of the... Um, fountain, so you need some way to keep him there while you drop a crane down on him and grab him. So now you can go back and you can put the, the thing in the, the thing to make the thing happen because now your character knows that that does something. The thing in the thing by the thing. Yeah, the, the cotton candy mix into the fountain to make the boy stuck. Yeah. Um... So, there, there's... It's, it's hard because, like, you do things and you're like, this should work. I can see wh- how this would work. But because you don't know that that's how that works, then... Like, eh. And, and that, that one has, like, 800 steps to it anyways. So, it was, it was ridiculous. And then the next one is Poltergeist, which was, like, a five-step puzzle. Okay. <laughs> Over <laughs> so super like, quickly. What, what the fuck went on with that? <laughs> and then the next one is the Bates Motel... Um, okay. And, yeah. B-A-I-T-S, Bates. Um, a little on the nose, though. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> by hard wasn't. What about no. Dawn of the Dead, which is the one with the uh, the Mafia coming back? What? D-O-N, oh. Dawn R- of okay. the Dead. Okay. <laughs> Poltergeist. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, that uh, one just stuck so, out to me as more on the nose because it's it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> um, the the cases are called Malice in Wonderland, Tome Alone, okay. Disorient Express, Police Farce. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is something you like. In the settings, there's a um, uh, a, a toggle for. Um, oh, what is it? It's, a uh, um, shit, I need to look this up, but I'll, I'll say it in a moment. Uh, Bates Motel is the final bonus case, and it's, uh, they, like, they didn't, they came later with an update, and the Bates Motel ends with your, um, partner... Uh, Dooley uh, Lieutenant Dooley or something whatever I don't know uh, gets taken to the dark side uh, and you, you you he's gone now oh which <laughs> is wild to end on because the next game the first quest is get Dooley back but like if you didn't play the bonus cases, you did. You're, you'll start out with being like, "What the fuck? Why? Why is he gone? Wait, he disappears in a bonus case? Correct. What? You can't have story relevant shit happen in a bonus case. <laughs> what the fuck? That's just a story so I, required case, then. 
It is. <laughs> uh, so I, I looked it up. Um, the it's it's police corruption, and it's on. So if you click it, it says still on. If you click it again, it says this is going nowhere. <laughs> so again, you should give up on this. You don't learn, do you? The police are. And then just it cycles corrupt. back on to on. <laughs> because in this game, the police are one hundred percent corrupt. That makes sense. Because in real life, the police are one hundred percent corrupt. <laughs> uh, your your name is Detective McQueen. The other detective at the station is Detective McKing, um, who. Uh, is married to the mayor, and because and of that, the, there's the uh, fedora hat tipping detective milady. <laughs> oh, gross! <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, but anyways, uh, th- there are some interesting decisions in the bonus cases, but um, overall, really enjoyed it. And because that one of the the bonus cases ended with uh, you having to go, uh, you, you, your your partner disappearing, I immediately downloaded Fumble in the Dark, the sequel, right? Um, and played two levels of that because boy did they go, hmm, those quests were easy. Let's make them harder. <laughs> oh, did they ramp up the difficulty for Fumble in the Dark? Absolutely. Okay. Like, all the other ones are pretty much a straightforward, like, like there's one puzzle, you solve a bunch of little puzzles around it that, that solve parts of the puzzle, and then you're able to do it. Um, I do like this and, description and, here. It says that Twin yeah. Lakes is America's 34th most haunted city. Like, yeah. they, they, they don't even rank, really. They don't, they don't rank. <laughs> Um, so the first one is all about getting, uh, Dooley back. And, oh, no, actually I did three. Um, and... Did that work? Uh, yeah, it did. Okay. But you, you go to, like, five different areas around the city, which is the first time you ever do that. Like, no, well, I guess technically you, you go to three places where one at a time... Um, with the the Dawn of the Dead one. But this one, you're, like, actively going back and forth between, like, four or five areas. Um, kind of Sam and Max, um, like, Sam and Max hit the road. Yeah. Um, you're just going back and forth, which I'd, I'd say is probably the closest thing to this. Um, uh, so... Uh, that one was another one that was just a pain in the ass to do, because, like, there's so many moving parts and and things that you didn't know where, like, it, it, you would just, most of the time with these puzzles, it's like, I need this thing in order to do a thing. I've seen this thing before, I have to solve a puzzle to get there. In the first one for Fumble in the Dark, there were, like, Ten things or it's like I have this thing I have no idea where the fuck it goes or I need a thing I don't know where it exists because I just haven't unlocked the area to go there like I haven't 
gotten to the ability to go in this place and maybe it's in there and it is but you just don't know whereas in the other games it's like yeah I know what I need I just need to get the thing to get the thing uh, the second one was more straightforward, but still pretty big. Uh, you go to Dooley's grandmother's house, or uh, her retirement home, um, to uh, save it from a reverse vampire. Um, but it, What is a v- reverse it, vampire? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are different types of, uh, of reverse vampires. Um, uh-huh. so there's, there's, uh, well, just like there's different types of, of vampires, there's social vampires, there's regular vampires, there's emotional vampires, psychic vampires. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so like a social vampire is, is one who, uh, takes up all your social time. Um, an emotional vampire is one who, uh, sucks all the emotions out of you. A reverse emotional vampire was the one in this case where he was feeling things, and because he was feeling things, everybody else in the place was feeling it too. Um, so it's like yeah. he exudes the ability for others to empathize. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... And he was feeling let down because his his old buddy uh, Vlad Tepes uh, was getting another movie deal, and and he was wondering like what he's doing with his life that he's now just at this retirement home helping out with people. Uh, so we ended up throwing a party for him. Um, and then the third one was we went to um, uh, Ireland. And there was, like, the first area was one puzzle area, and then you went into the second puzzle area, and that unlocked the third puzzle area, but then you have to go back to the second puzzle area a couple times? Uh, it, it was... it was all over the place. But! Very much enjoyed it, and the writing's still on point. Uh, which, it makes these games. It, the... This type of game is a hundred percent the the writing, right? And and they they nailed it. Okay. Tell me about Inscription. Okay, uh, you actually bought this game for me. I think for Christmas. Probably. Um, so this is by the developer of like Pony Island, which means that it's a game about being a video game. Um. The first... Okay, so I know that this game is separated into three acts, right? I'm currently in the second act. The first act is this really cool, like, roguelike kind of thing where you're trapped in a room with this guy who is entirely in shadows and you have to play this card game with him wherein you move along a map and... You, like, build up your uh, your card deck and stuff through, like, little events. And you battle against, uh, I mean, it's him, but he, he treats it as, like, like the different, like, like random, uh, random of encounters. And then there's three big bosses before you fight him as him. 
right? Okay. Uh, and if you if you lose, you die. <laughs> but it's it's all in the context of this being a video game, so you know that it's not like a real person who's dying. Yeah. But it is still it is a gruesome game. Like one of the things that that a, a big mechanic of this portion of the game is scales. So, like, when you deal damage directly to another person's life points, basically, um, you put gold coins on a scale, and if the scale hits the gra- hits the floor, then whoever it hit the floor on the side of just lost, right? Gotcha. Um, okay. And if you feel like you're doing bad, you eventually gain access to a pair of pliers, right? And what you can do with those pliers is you can rip out one of your teeth and put it on the thing. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Um, And then eventually you get access to another item that allows you to rip out your eye and put it on the thing. Which is... Is actually necessary in order to beat the this portion of the game, because you have to rip out your eye for him to offer you another eye, and then one of those eyes that he offers you allows you to see hidden things around the room that you're in, which give you the clues to answer some of the puzzles that you do not otherwise have an answer for. Wow. Yeah. So, that was insane. Anyway, yeah. you beat the you beat the uh, the first act of the game, and then you get access to a bunch of video files of the person who's actually playing the game, uh, Luke Carter, who is a he's one of those like um, Magic the Gathering uh, unboxers, basically, right? He, he's one of those yeah. kind of guys. Um, and then there's weird shit happening in his real life while he's playing this weird as fuck video game. Um, and then you enter the second act of the game and it sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I have, I am stuck in the second act of the game, not because it is particularly difficult. It is actually incredibly easy, but because I am you just bored. don't want to play. <laughs> yeah. Like it continues being a card game, right? But, but you lose it becomes a very straightforward card game. You you lose okay. all of the like random events and stuff that are happening. Um, also, the the style of the game changes from this like three D first person thing to a like uh, pixelated two D uh, Zelda esque kind of exploring game, right? Okay. Yeah. And so it's kind of just like less visually interesting. Um, I understand why this portion of the game exists. I get what they're trying to do. I just don't like playing it. (laughs) Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll work my way through it, and then I'll see what the third act is like. But I was having a fantastic time with the first act, and then I got the the file dump of all the videos, and I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking cool, what the fuck? 
And then I started the next act, and I was like... (gasps) (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... It was a it was a bit of a of, of a bummer, but we'll see we'll see where it goes next. Yeah, it is a bummer. Yeah. All right, and you've got one more. Yeah, this will be quick. The- I, I've been playing Minecraft. Um, my my guild in my clan in RuneScape has been uh, a lot of the leadership's been getting burnt out on RuneScape recently because of various different things we've all had like long grinds that we've been doing that have uh we've either got burnt out on them or they came to a close and then we got burnt out on doing anything else (laughs) right so yeah one of the clan members opened a minecraft server and we've all just been playing in that whenever we feel like uh okay i built a little pyramid um and then I built a long bridge from my pyramid to where everybody else lives. Okay. And then I, and then I laid down a minecart on it. And now I'm working on decorating the bridge with oak planks. And then I'm going to put glass on there too. Like like every two tiles I put a I I leave I fill in three tiles with oak planks, and then I leave two tiles blank, and then I fill in the next three tiles with oak planks, and that's the pattern. Okay. And, and then those two empty tiles I'm going to fill with glass. Eventually. Okay. Yeah. So, that's... Sounds like fun. Uh, that's all I'm doing in that. I'm, I don't have any over overarching goals, really. Um... I might try to build a house using a YouTube tutorial because I'm not a creative person, <laughs> nor do I understand completely how Minecraft works. So I'm hoping to learn via building shit with tutorials. Okay. Yeah. It's a fun game. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's a it's a good time waster for when I don't feel like doing anything else. You know? Do you know what's a great thing to do when you don't, when you're like, just bored of everything else? What? Mobile games. Oh yeah. And this week we played Sortigo. Um. Can I be honest? And by we, I mean I played Sortigo. I played it. I have achievements. <laughs> you, you you did you did you got four achievements. I I'm gonna say two things. I got sixteen. Right. I'm gonna say two things right up at the top. First of all, this game is better than I thought it would be. Absolutely. Same. Like, it actually feels really good to play. Uh Uh-huh. Second thing, I think this game exists just to give you achievements. (laughs) I don't think so. Because Most uh, of the games that do that are, like, they'll, they'll give you a whole lot more achievements, and they'll make them right at the beginning. My thing Whereas is, this one does have achievements that like I'll I would never get. Right, but they're all worth thousands of points, <laughs> like several thousand points for beating like simple enemies. <laughs> Whereas yeah. other games we've played will make you work really hard to get like four hundred points. <laughs> mm. You know, 
So that that's yeah. where that impression of it came from. And it's kind of why I didn't want to play it too much, because it felt... I had the idea of, like, if I just play a shit ton of this game, maybe I can catch up to John in achievements. There's, no. And then no. I felt dirty. <laughs> I felt dirty thinking that. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to anyways. Um, I'm, I'm sitting at 91 achievements now, and you're at 47. Oh, Jesus. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is a side-scrolling... Action slasher platformer. platformer. Yeah. Um, and... It, it's... It's pretty good. There, there were some... There were some things that absolutely did not enjoy... Okay, um, go go. Uh, what, what what's the uh, what's the term for it? Uh, fuck. When you do things super quickly, lightning round, lightning round. Lightning things you didn't round. enjoy. Uh, uh, the health system. Um, it's the, shit. I, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the getting hit system. It's shit. Uh, damage frame. Like yeah, your damage. Your damage uh, box lasts is... for like point zero seconds. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know that's just zero, but also that's kind of what I mean. Um, then uh, the what was doing damage? So you slash and you slash in front of you, and it hits one thing. There can be five enemies bunched up directly in front of you, moving towards you, and you will hit one of them. And the others will continue to move towards you. Yes. Um, I... There were two power-ups you could get in the game that, like, you could attach to your armor or your uh, magic or your weapon, and, um... Uh, so far, at least. There, there's probably more. Right. But uh, one was fire, which gives you... An, and, and the other is ice. And fire gave you an increase in damage, and ice gave you an increase of damage, and froze things for half a second. Okay, so ice is just better. Ice is just better, unless there's something about fire that it doesn't tell you in the slightest, which is entirely possible. Because this game does tell you nothing. Correct. There, yeah. There's very little actual information in the game. Did I enjoy playing this game? Hells yeah. Yeah, it, it's it was, a good game. It was a very enjoyable game. Um, it still does am, look like I, shit. Oh, absolutely. It, it it looks like they're... You know what it, it, it reminded looks, me of when I started playing it? Final that, Fantasy VII. I was going to say that PS1 game, Brave, Brave Fencer Musashi. Yeah, it, it it looks like the sprites look like a PS One era game, early PS One, like yes, not not Final early. Fantasy Eight era. They figured shit no, out. No, by no, then. no, no, no. The yeah. heavily Final this, Fantasy Seven era PS One. <laughs> yeah, this you can you can count the polygons. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, it still looks like shit, but the game plays very enjoyably. I am now at a point where I don't know that I'm skilled enough to go on oh. because this this game is skill based. Yeah. Um 
and I, I, it would take me quite a bit of practice in order to, um, to go on. Did you get far enough to get a bomb? No, I didn't. Okay. So you, you get the ability to switch your fireball out for a bomb. Okay. And, uh, one of the achievements I got, which I, I, I scrolled through the achievements at some point and I was like, wow, there's, uh, there's quite a few of these. And also, what the heck? There's one that's kill a bat with a bomb. And bats are annoying to kill anyways. Because there's two types of bats. There's the one type that just kind of floats around and uh-huh. it follows a set pattern. And that one's really annoying to kill because even though you know the pattern, jump slashing is not fun. Do you know which one is worse and to kill, though? The one that which swoops one? at you. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that is the second type where you, you get it, it stays in a place and then you get close to it and it swoops at you. Yeah, it's worse to kill than the ones that just float around in a random pattern. The bomb is not something that, like, you throw out and it it goes boom. It it has a ticker on it. So, like, you have to time it right and throw it and hope that it's in the right cycle of the bat's movement or that it swoops at the right time. Yeah. Oh, God. But damn did I get that one. (laughs) And here's my argument for why it's not just an achievement farm. Okay. Because I got crushed to death. That's the pancake time achievement. It's an uncommon achievement. It gave me 3,000 XP. I bombed a bat. Uh I killed a bat with the bomb. It is a rare achievement. Not an uncommon. It's a rare and I only got 2,000 XP for it. That, I mean, that, that just feels... See, that's that that's in further uh, argument of mine, my side. Like, the easier achievements give you more experience than the ones that are harder to get. Like, eh. they're loading you up with yeah, experience. The, the common one didn't. The okay. common one gives you 1,000, so... Um, things I didn't like, uh, throwing pots. You can throw pots in this game, and throwing pots feels so bad, and they don't break. There's never a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Why would you do that? The only way to break them is to hit them with your sword. But if you're, you have to stand exactly far enough away to not pick them up, but also exactly close enough to be able to hit them with your sword swing in order to break them. So it's very yeah. annoying dealing with pots. Um, it doesn't feel nearly as good as it does in Zelda. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's a bummer. Also, uh, on it the is. subject of the damage, your hitbox is bigger than you. Yeah. Like, it, very it clearly, it is bigger than you. And so you'll be standing in a way that you think you're safe to, like, the uh, the plants that pop out of the ground, the spiky plants. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, I'm in a safe spot. And then he clearly nope. does not touch you, but you take damage. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a bummer. Other than that, the game does feel awesome. Um, yeah. I would highly recommend yeah, just, playing Sword of Go. 
And it doesn't this, have this any like, like horrible uh, microtransaction shit going on either. No, occasionally when moving from screen to screen, it'll give you an ad. I don't think it happened to me once though. Like it is, it's it, it happen- not a like, common occurrence. I I played it quite a bit, and it happened to me three or four times. But yeah. I played it quite a bit. Yeah, it happened like once, maybe once per time I I sat down and played. So like, if you're playing it a really long time, yes, it'll give you ads. But otherwise, not really. No, it's a it's um, a great mobile game. Yeah, and it was it was like they, they were they were good ads too because you could just click the X and they'd be done. Oh, that's or the best. they'd have the. Or they'd have the five-second countdown for you to, to click the close button. Uh, none of this shit where it's like, here, watch this 30-second ad. And, and you can't leave out of and, it. And then and then the X button is so small that it just takes you directly to the right. store page you for it. You fat thumb it. And... Yeah. So, uh, this game kind of looked like shit. Does look like shit. But it played very enjoyably. If you like the PS One art art style and you're looking for a a pretty yeah. decent boy, do I game. have a game for you? Yeah. Which takes All us right. to game facts. The facts about the FIFA 2001. FIFA. Okay. Insert Vuvuzela here. Yeah. In, in insert uh. Messi got a World Series win. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Good for Messi. I didn't like where it happened. No. No. But good for Messi. We'll (laughs) technically go over that. FIFA 2001 is a football simulation game developed and published by EA Sports. It's in the game. For Windows and PlayStations 1 and 2. Because it's right at that sweet spot where you can you can put it on the PS1 and 2 and people still uh-huh. buy it. Although, it is weird for me when that happens with the PlayStation 1 and 2. Because there's such a massive jump in technology between those two systems in specific, right? Yeah. But yeah. It is kind of wild that they, they made it for both of those consoles. And you have to assume that something is lost in the PS1 version. Probably not, though, because developers didn't know what the fuck they were doing back then. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, with a lot of those games, it was just... Like, alright, we don't know how to do graphics, so we're just gonna do the same graphics, and it runs on both. Yeah... Like, Maybe. like, I here's 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 what happened. Okay, is it's not that people developed for the PlayStation Two and made a lighter one for the PlayStation One. People developed for the PlayStation One, and it also worked on the PlayStation Two. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> a lot of PlayStation so they 1 released games it for will both. run on the two. Yeah, some of them won't, but then others will. Well, it's kind of weird. It's inconsistent. I I've never had a situation where they didn't. Because PlayStation 2 is backwards compatible. Oh, no. I will tell you right now. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII would play on the PlayStation 2, right? But yeah, I had to I had to gently caress the disc and put it in an exactly the correct way. Otherwise, 
the game would not play. Well, okay. Here, here's the deal with that. PlayStation <laughs> Two is a wacky console. But, but here's here's the thing. I, I, I somehow powered my way through disc one. Right, got to disc two. Disc two played perfectly. N- disc two had oh. no problems playing on the thing. I got to disc three. It didn't work at all. I could not get it to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, PS1 games on PS2 are weird. (laughs) And and those those discs weren't scratched, like, at all. It was a pristine copy of Final Fantasy VIII. Huh. Yeah. In FIFA 2001, you control and manage an entire international rules football club. Deciding rosters and controlling players on the pitch. New to this version is the ability to attempt an intentional foul and a power bar for precise shooting. So you can just like straight up kick somebody in the nuts? (laughs) Not quite, but (laughs) you can do like lunging dives and stuff for things that... like you, you, You can hurt other players. Okay. You can be a red card player. Nice. Yes. (laughs) The ninth game in the series, it improved much upon its prior editions, both in the aforementioned added mechanics, as well as a greatly improved graphics engine capable of showing players actual faces. Wow, they had eyes. Additionally, the PC version was the first in the franchise to feature online play. No, I mean, like, you can see Messi's face. It's not just somebody with eyes and a mouth and stuff. It's actually Messi in the game. It looks like Messi? Yes. Oh, God. Wow. That's that's what that means. I see. That's good. Also, a a bummer that they did not use the PlayStation 2's online functionality. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this is probably a PS1 game. (laughs) Despite all its attempts towards accurately portraying the game, it majorly fails regarding players not just randomly clutching parts of their body and falling to the floor crying after another... Wait, what am I reading? (laughs) Despite all its attempts towards accurately portraying the game, it majorly fails regarding players not just randomly clutching parts of their body and falling to the floor crying. No, that sentence just doesn't make sense. It does. <sighs> it majorly players, fails regarding I, I, players not just randomly clutching parts of their body and falling to the floor crying after another player breathes on them. Have you not seen professional football? Um, I've seen a little bit. Well, it's pretty common for the game to be played. Uh-huh. And then one of the team members just falls over and starts screaming in pain because another player looked at them weird. That's not true. Mm, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, 100% is. <laughs> there, there, are, there are loads of compilation videos you can watch of oh a player God. doing that looking over, seeing that it wasn't actually a player on the other team that bumped them, but another, 
but one of their own team players, and then just get up and walk off. I need to see this. I I, I desperately need to <laughs> I, see this. I I don't know how you aren't aware of the fact that that uh, football players are incredible actors at pretending to be hurt. No, I didn't know this. I've. I've probably never seen a, a game in its entirety. I've seen parts of games here and there, but I've never been yeah. one to sit down and watch an entire any sports game. You know? No, your team kind of sucks, so. Right. <laughs> but definitely, like, send me one of these compilations, and I will, like, eat popcorn and watch it. Okay. Um... When EA first started development on FIFA International Soccer in the early 90s, the developers were all in, some keeping the game up in the background while working on other projects just to soak in the game so it would always be in the background of their minds. Others, like chief programmer Jan Tian, got phone calls from their children at work desperately wanting to ever see their father. (laughs) Weird story to boast about, considering it outs both EA as a terrible place to work, filled with crunch, and a terrible work-life balance, as well as Jan Tian as a garbage father. <laughs> like, why? Why would you? Why would you do this? Like, <laughs> why are you like? Hey, by the way, I'm a shitty dad. That, you know, that's... I worked so hard on that game. That game was one of the, my best memories of my entire life. I was getting calls from my children. They, they, they've been home from school for like seven hours and nobody's fed them dinner. They're, they just want to see me and also like eat some food. And I guess maybe nobody left water out for them. I mean, I, I thought I put water out for the dogs. They could have had that water, but like, come it's, on. Isn't it cool that like, like I got, uh, I, I, made this game so good that like my kids don't even remember my face (laughs) i came home one day and they called the cops on me they said there was a stranger in their house yeah isn't isn't this great (laughs) oh game development hasn't changed nope it's only gotten worse since then Oh. Despite the developers having an intense love for the game to the point of abandoning their families, although he did get an award for outstanding achievement at EA, so once again, proving to the choir that EA sucks, (laughs) EA management did not have much faith in the game, to the point where the developers literally hid from management so they were out of sight and mind, just in case management was like, you're fired. Yeah. Just like walking down the hall points at them, you're fired. <laughs> Imagine having to hide from your boss so he doesn't fire you. I've had to. <laughs> I don't have to imagine that. I've had days like that at HEB. <laughs> oh, boy. Ugh. Yeah. That's Work worse. sucks. <laughs> I think Blink-182 was onto something. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> Love Blink-182. FIFA's biggest rival is Konami's pro-evolution soccer, PES. Largely considered to be more accurate in general and more popular with fans, 
despite calling it soccer. And the two have traded blows over the years, poaching players from each other, like Arsenal's Thierry Henry leaving EA for Pez and saying it's better. Wait, they don't have access to the same players? Um, for cover art and stuff? And, and oh, okay. no, they, yeah. I was about to say, like, how can you even have, like, the same team, like, like the team, if, if Messi's yeah. an EA in FIFA, but Messi's not in Pez, like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of these games just sucks. <laughs> right. It all flipped around 2009 when EA got an ego boost when Metacritic rated FIFA 10 a 90. Yes, EA cares about Metacritic scores and measures success off them, despite also paying for them. Wild! Shortly thereafter, they were able to poach Lionel Messi from Pez, and FIFA was then on top. Metacritic that... is a bane on everyone's existence and should be discarded like the trash really that sad, it is. Isn't that really sad, though? It is. Remember, remember when Fallout New Vegas came out, and it scored an 84, and because they didn't get an 85, they were severely underpaid by Bethesda? Uh, uh-huh. Metacritic I, I should go that. away. Metacritic should die. <laughs> Fuck you, Metacritic. Because, like, uh, since it's an aggregate, you can justify shit like that, kind of, with, to your to your uh, employees and shit, right? But imagine, uh-huh. imagine if they just had to go off of, like, Kotaku reviews, right? Like, if Kotaku doesn't score you a 9 out of 10, we're not going to pay you. Like, like, nobody would let that fly. You'd say no. that, and some lunatic would shoot you in the head, and they'd be right to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I got so mad about Metacritic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. What the, the the real the real thing to be angry here is yay, <laughs> yay, for caring about Metacritic. That's true too. Pro Evolution Soccer is now gone. Its final game released in 2020 and was replaced with the fully free-to-play eFootball, which has been critically panned for having goofy faces. I wish I was joking. You get the game for free now, and it gets regular updated releases still, but you want to complain about goofy-faced football players. Have you seen football players' faces? (laughs) Yeah, just, just go look at a roster. Right. Doofy faces are what they're known for. <laughs> they are not the handsomest people out there. Now there are some of them. There that are the some of them people. are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David Beckham. Yeah. Good looking He's, man. He is definitely one of the ones. <laughs> he is the exception that proves the rule. Ah. <laughs> uh. The UK must really love FIFA more than anything because the UK release of FIFA 2001 came with a scratch and sniff disc that smells like grass, so you could smell the pitch. Or you could, you know, just go outside and touch grass. Touch grass! It's out there. It's waiting for you. The the children yearn for the grass. And their father's faces. <laughs> and their father's existence. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> also, it's FIFA funny, is a terrible. It's really not. <laughs> it's not. Also, FIFA is a terrible organization that is more corrupt than some countries, most countries, and willing willingly supports slavery and mass killings, putting them only a and step that... below the United States. <laughs> And that was just the facts. <laughs> Alright. That was fun. God. I cannot... I still can't get over the fact that they really thought it was a good idea to host the World Cup. Yeah. In Qatar. It's whack. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yep. Because that's, that's like a double whammy of fucking... What am I trying to say? Like, like human rights abuses and just severe government corruption. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, great minds think alike. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, we're off to one hit blunders where we are this week listening to Godier's Making Mirrors. I... Am not qualified to talk about this album. Why? Because I don't know how to speak about music beyond just like, like oh, I liked this little riff here, or oh, I like this th- these lyrics. These, the this song tells a really interesting story, right? Okay. And like, like this, uh, this is a great album for the record. Fantastic album. Interesting. It's too good for me to talk about. Interesting. But like I don't I don't know where to start, right? Cause Okay. What well, what was your favorite song on the album? Okay, I have the track list here. Um So first of all, easy way out all the way to state of the art. You could make it a, a, you could cut the album down to just that and it'd be a ten out of ten. You know? Um, okay. I mean, you'd lose my favorite song, but that's fine. All right. Which one was your favorite? Bronta. Okay. I didn't get that one at all. Um, okay. I, I, that's I, fine. I didn't understand what was happening there at all. Um, I like In Your Light, and I like uh, Eyes Wide Open. Okay. Eyes Wide Open was good. That was second or third for me. Listening um, to this album, I actually realized that somebody that I used to know is probably, like, not even top five. Absolutely. No, it's... <laughs> uh, especially... There there has to be some sort of radio cut for it, because I, I feel like the first... It, it's, it's such a crawl opening. Like, it, it's so slow and low volume and low stakes it's like no i think i don't think there was a radio cut i don't think there was okay because i i don't get this vibe when it's on the radio (sighs) so something i'll say is that i think this song came out in 2011 right yeah, and, and around the same time, people were getting tired of like party all all the time songs. You know, like the Black Eyed Peas were now no longer at the top of the charts, 
yeah. Probably like a year out from Royals coming out, you know? Yeah. And I think I think this song becomes a hit only because it exists in that time period. Okay. I, I think people were looking for this more downbeat kind of stuff. And it, it is a good song. I, I love this song to death. It is nowhere near the best song on the album. But no. it, it is a that fantastic song. Um, and I, I really like... Uh, I like how Gautier has his own verses, right? But then you also hear Kimbra's verse. And so you get, you get like the other party's view on the relationship and you can see that kind like of that. like, that like disparate ideas of what really ended the relationship. Right. You know? Uh-huh. So I, yeah. I think that's a really cool thing. Um, it is too long. It's too long yes. of a song for what it is. Um, it, it is too long of a song. The first half sucks. Yes. <laughs> Until you get to the first chorus, like it's it's very yes. kind of a bummer of a song uh-huh. to listen to. Um. Okay. Um. Actually, easy way out. I'm going to say easy videos? way out is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did you watch any of the music videos? Not really. Uh, I I did. I I was listening to it on YouTube while I was doing RuneScape shit, right? And so I did yeah. have it over here, and the music videos popped up, and I saw like glimpses of them. Like State of the Arts was really weird. Yes. Um, but I didn't catch much of like Eyes Wide Opens. I. Except really for the weird, didn't like, like state of the art people, you didn't like state of the art. No, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't like it for like the a, first like all. minute and a half, and then it like clicked for me. Yeah, it it never clicked. It just made me want to click off. <laughs> it I I did not enjoy that song. Um, Damn. I liked Bronta. I, I thought Bronta was a was a pretty chill song. Um, I I also liked I Feel Better. Okay. And In your light, um, Eyes Wide Open was was my other either second or third on my list of, of favorites. Uh, I Feel Better was a very weird song for me because it starts out with what I can only describe as like really old spaghetti western style music like sounds yeah spaghetti western sounds for like five seconds and then kind of a jam of a song yeah i I just listened to the beginning i'll tell you it's not five seconds it is 15 seconds and then it becomes a fucking jam yeah but it's like 15 seconds of this whack shit but like I, I keep expecting Clint Eastwood to appear. Exactly, <laughs> and then it's completely different. <laughs> it's like a complete non sequitur away from that, and it it has nothing to do with the previous song either. Because I, I at first I thought it might be like I wasn't paying attention to the end of the previous song, and like it was one of those things where it carries over into the next song. 
No. That's yeah, nope. that's not what happened. Nope. nope. <laughs> it's just kind of whack. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, mostly what I have to say about this album is that it kind of all sounded the same. No. I, mm-hmm. I am going to... Mm-hmm. Uh, every state of, song state of the sounded, art sounded so different. different. State of the art sounded different. Um, the the I feel better sounded different. Bronta sounded a little different. But it really all kind of sounded the same. I don't know how you could say that. It, everything was the same feel. See, this is what the I mean beats, when I can't, I, the... I can't talk about this album because I I got the I I got the feeling listening through it that every song was like entirely different from each other. There there's no. no connecting piece to any of these songs, like at all. I, I will agree lyrically, and I don't know how no to I don't know tissue. how to describe it. But it, it felt like the same old shit over and over again. In case you can't tell, not a fan of this album. <laughs> no, you weren't? <laughs> no. I thought this was the no. best album we'd ever listened to on the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. Nope, did not love this. Damn. Uh, I'm not a fan fan of Godier to begin with. Somebody that I used to know is is something that comes on the radio and I decide whether or not I'm gonna switch like I, I start switching channels to see if there's anything better on. I'll wow. settle on it <laughs> if there's nothing else. But it's it's not it's not great to me. I did not expect that. I thought this album would actually be, like, right down your alley. Nope. (laughs) I was expecting us to come in here, and we would just have, like, such a hard time talking to each other about it, because we're both just, like, on the same page. Yeah, no. None none of these songs are songs that I'm gonna... My favorite songs, like... I feel better in your light, eyes wide open. You seem to like those, right? Yeah. But then I guess I, it's all I certainly of the rest. like them better than somebody that I used to know. <laughs> and the rest of it could just fucking fall off a cliff and I wouldn't notice. <laughs> wow. Can yeah. I can I ask like what what it is specifically? The, it, it's like nothing music. <laughs> It, it musically, there's not a lot going on. What, dude? There's like so many like weird, weird little things he's doing in there. Nah, <laughs> nah. Like, oh my god, um, fucking. <laughs> let Let me just go to the. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pause right here. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go fucking 
listen to one of these songs real quick, right? Which one? Let's listen. What, what do we got? What do we got? I mean, let's go with Easy Way Out, right? There's a music video for Easy Way Out? That didn't play before. I'm not going to watch that. There's no music video for that. When I typed it into YouTube, it came out. It came up. And it said Gautier on it. Okay, wait. Okay, we're back. Um, so I just realized that I liked "Easy Way Out" mostly because it's a it, it's a pixie song. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. it's it's quiet verses and a a loud blaring chorus and a really cool guitar riff. It's a it's a pixie song. Yep. <laughs> at, at at the end of this, I have to like music is very much uh, a personal thing. It's it's dependent on on your personal taste. Um, there's, there's good takes, there's bad takes, but at the end of the day, like, you're not going to change someone's mind on, on whether something's good or not. Right. And clearly lots of people like, um, making mirrors. Uh, yeah. Making mirrors. Uh, somebody that I used to know, like, ab- absolutely people, people very much enjoy this. There's a reason why it's still very often played on the radio. Vice versa, this this shit is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is entirely fair. Um, um, I, I I know a, a lot of the the stuff we've done so far for um, uh, one hit blunders has been stuff that is very much not for you, right? Except for when we covered uh, what was uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners. That that was like the the yeah. only one I was really into. Yeah, and I was already into them. <laughs> yes, and that was another case of I didn't like any of it. Right. I mean, we did it. I agreed with you with your main source of contention yeah. there. Which was yeah. way too much violin. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I disagree here, but I don't know how to how to word it, and it ultimately doesn't matter because you don't like it, and that's just how it is, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's it's not a case of like I like everybody that I used to know or whatever it is, uh, and uh, it's it's just we. You know, I don't like the rest of it, but I like that one. No, I just don't like any of it. Right. Just walking to the table. Like, like that's... I come to the table hating it to begin with. So, 
I think he has a lot of like really cool musical ideas, and he's trying to get them across in all of these like disparate songs. And so I I do feel like the album as a whole is less than it could be because it doesn't have any like real sense of cohesion. Yeah. Um. It, it does kind of sound like he just went into the studio on entirely separate days and worked out songs, right? And he was just mm-hmm. in entirely different moods on each of those days. Um, and so you go from, like, somebody that I used to know, this, like, super downbeat uh, breakup song, right, into Eyes Wide Open, which is definitely not that and also easy way out like i said was a pixie song that comes on right before somebody that i used to know yeah uh then two songs later you have i feel better which like you said started with clint eastwood walking in and then becomes (laughs) just this like upbeat pop jam which Uh would have been a hit if it came out like the same year as uh pharrell's happy you know Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then you get down to State of the Art, which is a weird, like, experimental piece. Uh-huh. And then very, the album becomes... Very weird experimental. And then the album becomes a bummer after that. Like, the last four songs, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't care for them, really. Like, you like Bronte, that's cool. I didn't get it. The, the other three... I didn't even understand why they were there. Yeah. Um, but like I said, like from Easy Way Out to to State of the Art, I think t- fucking perfect album, in my opinion. I don't. I don't like making mirrors, the song. Oh no no no! That that was that was easily one of the worst, and. The, that's I, why when you when you said like from easy way out and on i was like yeah all right so we agree making mirrors kind of just sucks right and, and i want to make the point here that i i don't discount um instrumental tracks like at all which is basically yeah. what making mirrors is i think there is a little audio there but it's or like singing there but it's basically an instrumental like um largely yeah my my favorite uh stone temple pilots album opens with a minute and a half long instrumental piece and then the penultimate track is also a minute and a half long instrumental piece and both of those are like highlights of the album to me okay yeah um making mirrors should not be here uh i don't i don't no. think it serves any purpose like i think you it's back to that cohesion thing, right? Like, if you're going to have an introductory uh, kind of, like, instrumental piece, it needs to be thematically appropriate to what the rest of the album is going to sound like. But yeah, the rest of the album sounds entirely different from each other and also making mirrors. So j- just, like, get rid of it. Like, open with easy way out. It's a perfect opener. Yeah. And Bronte is a good closer. I'd have personally closed with somebody that I used to know, but Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know where I would have put that besides the the bit. Like, like I'd have done, I'd have done Bronte into somebody that I used to know, or the other way around. I wouldn't have put it in between Easy Way Out and Eyes Wide Open. No, but like no, it, that, it kind of a very destroys the mood that's going on. Yeah. All so. right. Well, that's it for one hit blunders. We'll have something different next time. I yeah. Don't know what it will be. Okay. Um, I had no idea. I I look him up the day before. Um, <laughs> join us next time, which is two weeks from now. Yeah. For anime and book two of Kino's journey, the manga. The manga, because we fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also because the. People who did that fucked up. Yeah. Fucking Tokyo Pop, man. You know, I don't think that was the first, or at least it's not the only light novel Tokyo Pop had fucked up either. Yeah. I, I don't think it is. I, I'll look into that more. I might do an expose on Tokyo Pop. <laughs> I'm not going to. No, you're not. But I might do a seg- <laughs> I, I, I might do a segment on the podcast one day about Tokyo Pop. Okay. Well, that's it for us. We will see you next time. I hope y'all enjoy. Please, it would be very helpful to us if you would share this with someone who doesn't touch grass. I mean, how would you know them if they don't touch grass? Because, well, everyone's, every, everybody, everybody has a Discord friend. Everybody has a Discord friend. Every much, single yeah. person. Every, I mean, honestly? We are all on Discord. Honestly, though? <laughs> we probably all are on Discord. Yeah. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.